Hello, and welcome to the Bless the City Church podcast. This week's message is from Pastor Jeremy Schwader. This morning, we're going to be talking about debt. And the title of this message is Forgiving Debt. And so Matthew 18, verses 23 goes like this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decides to bring his accounts up to date with servants who have borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will, forg- I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and pleaded for just a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the, king, then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to repay your brothers and sisters from the heart. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Title of this message today is Forgiving Debts. This is the key to growing in God. Forgiveness. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this incredible body. I thank you, God, that um, you have forgiven us our debts. And we, we just pray today, God, I pray for this topic of forgiveness this morning. God, that you would drive that deep on our hearts, and I pray incredible sense of freedom for everybody in this place. Jesus, we, we need to hear from you today. Holy Spirit, I pray that your voice would be loud, every other voice silent. We pray any other distracting thing to be gone in Jesus' name, and we pray that we would hear you. We just say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen? Amen. I wrote this question down, and I think it's worthy of answering, and it's, it's this. Why is forgiveness so hard? And I was thinking about that. Why is forgiveness so hard? You ever been, and I'm sure all of you have because you've all lived, been wronged by someone, and, and you're struggling with releasing that debt. You're struggling with that space of forgiveness. And I think the reason why forgiveness can be so hard is because we want justice. We want the wrong thing righted. And frankly, the person that wronged us also doesn't deserve our forgiveness. Forgiveness is mentioned in the Bible over 200 times. And forgiveness basically means this, to let go. Now, Matthew 6, 12 says this. It says this. It says in the Lord's Prayer, it says this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those, or we forgive our debtors. Jesus equates sin and debt in the same thing. It's like, um, 
It's like sin is like almost like a soul debt. You feel a weight on your soul, on your emotions, on your mind. There's like a, a heaviness. You ever been in a space where you did something wrong, right? And there's this like heaviness that rests on your heart, like ugh, this weight on you. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Sin is like a debt that you have a sense of slavery to or indebtedness. I'm not free. I'm working to pay this off. Have you ever had someone accuse you or have a frustration with you and not release you from debt? Where you are trying your best to re bring restitution, make it right, and still nothing shifts. That's, that's what it's like not to be forgiven. So you're working hard, and yet it doesn't seem to get paid off. When it comes to sin, we can feel it like, like shame. We can feel it like guilt. We feel the weight of our mistakes. It's like a big debt. Paul said this in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. It's like, like a money thing. Our soul feels the weight of our sin or debt in our, in our spirit. Bible also says this. Um, I, I, think, I think there's a reality that we've kind of stepped into a false way of thinking that we've stepped into our culture. And it's kind of this karma thinking. And this karma thinking is like, well, if I just do enough good stuff and the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff, then I'll be a good person. And the good stuff will stack up and the bad stuff will be smaller. God will weigh the scales and I'm in. But the reality is, it says in Romans 3, it says, there is nobody righteous, no, not one. Or Isaiah 64, 6 says this, our righteousness, my righteousness, your righteousness is what? It's like filthy rags. So this whole karma thing of like, if I just do enough good things, then it'll outweigh the bad things. It doesn't stack up. The reality is we all have this mark, this debt, this soul shame and guilt upon our hearts, and we need someone to remove it, none of us make the cut. All of our attempts don't do it. Our only way forward is mercy. Hebrews 8, 12 says this. God says this. I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I'll remember their sins no more. Hey, Isley, can we put those slides up on the screen? I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Let me say that one more time. I will be merciful towards their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. When God forgives you, he doesn't remember your sin anymore. It is gone. So I, I wanted to walk through this space on forgiveness this morning. I, I felt like this was an important piece that we needed to step into. And and. I, I wanted to say the who, the what, the where, and the why of forgiveness. And the first of all thing I wanted to say was, who needs forgiveness? Romans 3.23 says this, what? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Who needs forgiveness? Everybody. Everybody. Jeremy Schwader really needs forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. Everybody. Colossians 3.13 says this, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Who do we have to forgive? Everybody. And, and it's an interesting thing because to, to be a believer, to be a Christian, is to walk this line that God is calling us to forgive everyone. What needs to be forgiven? 
Two things. Sin and people. Sin is an archery word that means to miss the mark. So they would shoot the bow, they would shoot the arrow, and they wouldn't get the bullseye, and the guy watching the arrow would say, sin. And that's the context of what we have with sin. Sin is, means I have missed perfection. I have missed God's standard. And, and folks, think about it this way. When California passes a law that I think it's like 15 days after a baby is born, the woman is not liable if the baby dies. How many know that's called sin? When, when in Washington State, it's legal for a 13-year-old to go to the doctor and get a sex change or an abortion without consent of their parents, how many know that's called sin? Man's standards might make something legal, right? But God's standards doesn't change. Man's standards always going to change. And I think it's really important to recognize that just because someone says something's legal doesn't mean it fits to what God is saying. Matthew 7, 13 says this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the highway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Man's standard, super easy to walk in, super easy to find. God's way isn't. And, and I, I'm saying this to say to recognize this. You and I both need forgiveness and we're both called to something higher, something that's not something easy to walk in. And I heard a one guy say this a little bit ago. He said, he said, find the narrow path. It's hard. It's long. But there's some good people on it. And I was just thinking about that reality that following Jesus can sometimes be a hard thing. It can sometimes be a lonely thing because you are going against the grain of culture, but it pays off. It pays off to turn and say, I'm going to go through this narrow gate. Everybody else is picking the broad path. I'm going to take the narrow path and it will pay off. We need God's standard. Amen? Like, we really need God's standard. And, and I, was, I was processing this. You might be sitting here th today and you're thinking like, look, I, I, I think what I'm doing, how I'm doing it is fine. I think often the, the Bible of our life is really our heart or our intellect. And we think, well, I feel right about this. I, it seems logical to me in this. But God is saying, don't lean on your understanding. Don't lean on your emotional state. Turn to God's word and go, God, do I measure up to your word? Do I measure up to what you have said? And I think a really big example of this, when I start turning into my emotional state or my thinking, and I turn away from God's way, I find this happens. Anxiety increases in my life. Peace decreases in my life. And so when I step into the space and go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you financially, relationally, in forgiveness, in habit, in all of this stuff. I'm going to come into the light. I'm going to be where you want me to be. God starts dealing with our heart, and we start walking into this narrow path, this doorway that's not easy to walk into. And God's like, come on, just another step forward. But as we step, he's going to keep bringing more peace and hope and strength into your life. 
But as I turn to my way and my thing, it's going to turn, you're going to have to rely on your own strength, your own energy. And, and here's the question. Are you walking in increased peace or an increased anxiety this morning? In the anxiety, I think God wants to have a conversation with you and me. He wants to say, he wants to speak to us because that space of anxiety, I think has a lot to do with the space that we're trying to hold something up. We're trying to do something in our own energy. We're trying to walk in our way. And God's like, hey, son, daughter, stop. Trust me. Listen, turn from the Broadway, come to my way. We all need forgiveness. And when I draw near to him, peace increases, anxiety decreases. Hebrews 10, 11 says this. This is the old way that they did stuff. Under the old covenant, the priest would stand and minister before the altar day after day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again. This was for forgiveness, which can never take away sins. But our high priest, Jesus, offers himself to God as a single sacrifice, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. This is the way of man's effort. We have to keep coming again and again and again and again. And Jesus says, enough trust in my sacrifice. Turn to my ways, and you'll see the peace increase in your heart. You'll see that I will bring you into right where you're called to be. So what needs to be forgiven? What needs forgiveness? Sin and people. Matthew 6, 12 says this, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. My sins, your sins need forgiveness, and so do people. Our sin is forgiven as we forgive. Remember that picture of a river flowing? Unforgiveness is like putting a dam up to that river, and it cuts off the flow of what God wants to do in my life. But as I step into forgiveness, now the flow of God can operate in my life. I remember um, this is a bunch of years ago, probably 12 years ago, I was working at a church. And the pastor, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll, tell the, I'll tell the full story. I was, I was working and had this youth staff member, this gal, sweetheart of a gal, but she was super disruptive and, and made things really difficult for the youth group. Thought she was great, but really hard. And one Wednesday before youth service, I went up to her and I said, hey, Becky, you're done. And I fired her off a of youth staff right on the spot totally off. And she's like, can, can I stay through the service? And I'm like, no. I was so frustrated with her. I kicked her out, which is not the right thing to do. I was in my office a week later, and I was throwing darts at a dartboard. And right as I threw a dart, I felt like God said to me, in two weeks, you won't, or in, in uh, six months, you won't be here anymore. I'm like, okay. And two weeks later, I'm on a Wednesday before a youth service, and my pastor walks up to me and says, hey, Jeremy, we got to let you go. Same thing that happened to Becky. Lost my job. Worked as a bellman for a year. And all that happened, and, and I, I felt really hurt in that space because one, like, man, I've been giving it all I got. I've been trying to do a good job. And here I get fired. I get kicked out of my job. And now I don't even have an income. And, and so I, I'm really frustrated. But, but I, I, I did one thing, and I think that was one of the keys to bring health coming in my heart and in my life is that I refused 
to be offended. I refuse to stay in the spot that I was stuck in my offense and I, my unforgiveness. And so I even wasn't going to that church anymore. I wasn't in the area, but I would still come back to the church and I would sit in the back and I'd be like, I'm not going to be offended. I refuse. I, I don't want anything to be in between my heart and that person because I know God loves that person. And so I'm going to do my best. And so I'm, I'm coming back. I'm trying to stay in relationship. I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. I'm all this stuff. And I am continually coming. And one Sunday, I, I'm in the back, and the pastor turns to me and says, Hey, Jeremy, can you come up to the front? I go up to the front. Had a Bible. He said, like, Why don't you lead us in prayer? I open my Bible, and I pray. Prayer of the congregation. And then I, I read through a scripture, prayed. I said, Amen. I close my Bible. And as I close my Bible, I feel like the Holy Spirit says, It's done. It took time. Where do we forgive? Every single day. You aren't going to feel it. You aren't, it's not going to feel like it's good. But I can say that when you step into that place daily of pursuing God and daily going, God, I forgive them. God, I choose to bless them. There is like a process that happens where my heart slowly moves out of the place of offense and moves into the place of peace. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says this, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Where do we do this? Every day. In my daily pursuit of Jesus, one of the top things Jesus said to do is what? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That means every day we come and we say, God, is there anything in my heart that needs to be forgiven? God, is there anyone that I need to forgive? And let the Holy Spirit speak because I really believe this is a hinge for each one of us in stepping past. I think sometimes we get so stuck in these places of unforgiveness and offense that we can't move forward. And it's holding us back from the more that God has for us. Now, I, I want to say this too, and, and I think a lot of you probably know this, but Forgiving someone doesn't mean you have to stay in an unhealthy situation. Forgiveness isn't letting someone punch you in the face repeatedly and then saying, I forgive you into, in between punches, okay? Like, it's not about staying in the unhealthy space. Like, for example, my daughter, um, she loved grabbing my, grabbing my phone, and I, I picked it up the other day, and I noticed that I was missing several apps. She started deleting apps. I'm like, like hold on. So now, when Isabella wants to look at pictures on my phone, I hold the phone. She doesn't get to just take the phone. I'm holding the phone. I think some of us need to recognize in our relationships, boundaries does not mean you're not forgiving. Boundaries does not mean that you're not um, caring towards a person. Boundaries just recognizes this person, last time they touched my phone, deleted a bunch of apps, so I'm going to hold on to it. This person, last time I hung out with them, was abusive in their language, so I'm going to be a little more careful in what they're doing. That doesn't mean I am holding a fence at them, but it does mean I got a wall of protection to say, this is a healthy distance. And until that person shifts, we need to, they need to walk in that trust, grow in that trust. 
Why do I need to forgive? John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. Why do I have to forgive? Why? Because I love God, and I don't want anything to mess with my relationship with him. You know what, guys? It doesn't matter what anyone has done to any one of us. Only you steward your relationship with God. And everybody in the world could be a punk, but in the end, who cares? The point is simply this. God, I'm not going to let anything in between my relationship with you. I'm going to fail people. People are going to fail me. Regardless, I'm going to keep going. God, is there anything that I need forgiveness in my life from? God, is there anyone I need to forgive? I do not want to have anything in between my walk with you. I love God more than, than I want to hold on to this pain or offense. I love God more than the scariness of letting this thing go. I love God more than having the desire that they should pay. I forgive because God said so. Colossians 3.13 says this again. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Now, as I said earlier, forgiveness is a process. That means the pain often doesn't leave right away. But I'm going to stay in the process and let God finish the work. And let me encourage you in this too. Forgiveness doesn't mean that God won't bring justice. God will deal with every space that's not right. God will deal with the person that's heart isn't right. He will. God's trustworthy. And the reality is, and this is a scary thought, is unforgiveness is an open door to, the de- to death in my heart. It, it cuts me off from life. It says this in Matthew 6, 14 and 15. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you. Uh-oh. This, de- this is a really big deal. I receive in the measure that I Give. I must walk in forgiveness because I really need forgiveness. And and I'm not trying to say this. I I don't think that because you're struggling forgiving someone, that means you're going to hell. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say this. Unforgiveness damages my relationship with God. It hinders my relationship with God. I find that when I go to pursue God and I have unforgiveness or sin in my heart, it's a lot harder to connect with him. It's a lot harder to hear his voice. His word can often become like dry bread, and it's not an easy thing to read. But when I step into forgiveness and his restoration, I start hearing him again. He starts working in my heart again. Anyone experience that? Blessed City exists for this one thing, you guys that we would pursue his presence and that we would seek reconciliation with God and others. We're made to be bridge builders, help people connect with God, that we would connect with God, we would connect with others, and that people would encounter the presence of a living God through us and through this community. That's what we're doing. Get this from, this is from Psalms 133. Think how massive this is. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in harmony or unity. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. The anointing oil represents the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. There's a big connection between harmony and unity and the moving of God's God in your life. 
If there isn't forgiveness, there can't be harmony. If there isn't harmony, we're going to have a hard time walking with God. And, and, I, and I know this because I've experienced this. If I try to preach and there's a fence in my heart, if my wife and I are not walking, like, reconciled, there's, you know, whatever thing that happened or whatever, if there's some sort of thing that I have not dealt with, it gets really hard to walk with him. It gets really hard to do stuff. I have to have a clean heart and clean eyes if I want to walk with him. The offended heart struggles to receive any blessing from God. But as soon as I take one step, that water begins to flow. God is not asking you that everything would feel right. He's asking that you would turn and say, God, I release, I bless. I got a picture in my head um, this morning when I was praying and getting ready. And, I, and it was, I felt like it was represented for a lot of us in this room. And as I closed my eyes, I saw this picture, and it was a person who had done an offense, and they had wronged you, and like they had done some deep damage to your heart. And there you were holding their hand, and on the other side of them was this like double doors, and inside that was the courtroom of heaven. That's where God does his justice. It's the courtroom. That's where God brings justice. And you were holding on to their hand, and you were not letting them go. And I felt like God wanted to say to some of you this morning, let them go so that they could receive my justice. That they could receive my judgments on their life. His justice, his judgments are perfect. Yours, incomplete. And God is looking at us, and I felt like this whole thing, like some of you, I don't know if it was like a dad or a mom, or maybe there was a pastor that hurt you, or maybe whatever it was, but there was a space where you got deeply, legitimately um, hurt, and maybe that was like a betrayal. I mean, I think back on John 13, this is whole thing with Jesus on the night um, that he was about to be betrayed. He washed his disciples' feet. He knew that Judas was going to betray him, and he knelt down in front of Judas, and he washed his betrayer's feet. Could you imagine doing that? This guy is a guy you've walked with for three and a half years. He's washing his feet. He's blessing Judas right before he is going to go to the cross. I really think that all of us at some point will encounter betrayal and rejection. If you haven't felt it yet, you will. Guess what? Jesus did. And I, I am not, you know, a quarter of the man that Jesus was. Could you imagine having dinner with someone knowing they're going to betray you? Can you imagine washing the feet of someone you know that's going to betray you? Jesus did it knowingly, and he came and he blessed him. You know, it was interesting that that story I told you about, I, I fired that youth staff member. I, I, a couple years later, I, I was going down to Vancouver, Washington to a, to a wedding. And I'm going down and God started dealing with my heart and said, hey, you know, that one gal, you didn't treat her right. And I was like, you know, God, you're right. And she's going to be at that wedding. I, I, should probably, uh, I should probably apologize. So I go into the wedding and there's this gal and immediately she sees me, her face drops and she's like, 
I don't want to talk to you. Because, I mean, I kicked her, like, I kicked her off youth staff. She ended up leaving the church. It was, like, this really hard thing. And I went up to her, and I said, Becky, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Would you forgive me? She starts crying. And uh, she said, I never thought this day would come. And she said, Jeremy, um, and it was, it was really interesting. She said, it was right what happened, but it was wrong how it happened. And guys, people cannot mess up the will of God in your life. They can give you wounds. They can hurt you. They can do a lot of stuff. But bottom line, God will accomplish his will in your life. But man, people can sure make it hard along the way. And that, several years ago, I wounded Becky's heart. From that place of wounding, she brought that to Jesus. She ended up going to another church. God did a lot of really cool things. She met her husband, and God set her on a path of where she's supposed to be. It was awesome. But I wronged her. And I asked for forgiveness. She forgave me. Get this. Not five minutes later, the pastor that I worked for walks up to me. He didn't hear that conversation at all looks at me and says, hey, Jeremy, I was thinking, when I fired you, I was wrong. I, it wasn't right how I did that. Would you forgive me? Right, right after. And I go, wow, I, I forgive you. It was crazy. Like, God is like, from the place of me coming in humility and going, man, I messed up. Like, I did the wrong thing. Then it, is, it was almost like it opened the door so that this guy could do the same thing. And I just recognize those places of betrayal. Like, I hurt Becky's heart. I, I damaged her in ways I shouldn't have. And God still had his way in Becky's life. That pastor, he wounded my heart. He brought me into places. I, like, I was, I was really struggling in a lot of ways, financially, different things. But God still had his way in my life. I didn't lose out. They can't mess it up. God is too big for that. And in the end, God turned it around. Jesus knows all about betrayal. He knows all about rejection. Jesus also knows all about abuse. Isaiah 52, 14, it says this. He was beaten beyond recognition. When Jesus was on the cross, he was flogged. He was, he was whipped. You could see his organs through the whipping. He... Um, he was nailed, hammered through his arms and his nails. They abused him verbally, physically, every single way. He was abused in all these ways. You couldn't even recognize it was Jesus. And Jesus on the cross says this, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If I was one of Jesus' disciples and I'm standing there, I would think, they know exactly what they're doing. They're killing you, and they're glad about it. We are called to walk in forgiveness. And as I was thinking about this, I was realizing this is kind of impossible. The reality is this. Only God is able to forgive sin. I can't forgive betrayal, abuse, rejection, gossip, all that stuff. You can't. You have no ability to forgive sin. That's Jesus' job. He came that all men might be saved by his blood, forgiving sin. Your job is not to forgive sin. Your job is to forgive people and leave the results to God. 
to let go of their hand at the place of the courtroom of God and say, okay, I let you go. I release you. I allow you to step into whatever God has for you. And as you release them, one of two things is going to happen. They're either going to find mercy because they're going to cry out to God and say, oh God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Or two, God will bring judgment. And the judgment will either fall upon the head of Jesus as he took on all of that weight or it'll fall on them depending on where they allow, if they allow Jesus to take it on or not. But I wanted to say, and I felt this was important for somebody this morning, you need to release them so that God can deal with them and God can free you. I asked my buddy Brian on yes, yesterday, I, we were talking about forgiveness. I was like, what would you say about forgiveness? And he said this. Well, I've heard this. He, he said, forgiveness or like ha- holding offense is like drinking poison and hoping that the other person gets sick. You cannot hold on to offense and stay healthy. It's time to let them go. Matthew 18, 28. Hey, Nick, would you mind popping up? Matthew 18, 28, there was a story um, I shared at the beginning, and it was all about the servant and uh, these two servants. And the first servant owed 10,000 talents, or about $60 million dollars. There is no way he could pay this off. And you can take that slide down, actually. There's no way that he could pay it off. In fact, he was sold into slavery. But then he came into the presence of the king, and the king forgave his debt. He said, you are free. You're not going to owe the $60 million anymore. He leaves the presence of the king and he goes to a fellow servant that owes him a hundred denarii or roughly about $20,000 in today's terms. This guy pleads for mercy, but he gets thrown into jail. Here's the part that I thought was really interesting. Matthew 18, 28 says this. But when the servant went out, he found he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him saying, pay me what you owe. Here's the key I think I noticed in this passage. When he left the presence of the king. When I lose sight of the large debt that Jesus has paid over my life, it gets really easy to hold offense. What would the conversation would have been with those two servants if they would have had it in the presence of the king? You just got, you just got forgiven $60 million. Are you really going to hold that over that other person's head, that 20000 No. Forgiveness is a lot easier in God's presence. This is why the daily pursuit with God is so important. Our Father, who art in heaven, praise be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, forgive me all my sin. God, is there anything in my heart that's not right? I come to you. And God, I forgive everyone who's wronged me. God, is there anybody that's wronged me? God, I want to release them this morning. When you stay in the presence of the king, it's easy to forgive. When I leave the presence of the king, it gets really hard to forgive.
says this in the Bible too. It says, the one that's been forgiven much, loves much. We've been forgiven a lot. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to, I want to step into a place of forgiveness. Is that okay? Some of you may have carried around, you've held on to the hand of a person that's offended you for a long time. It's time to release them. You say, man, they messed up my life. They cost me this. They abused me when I was little. My mom, my dad, that pastor, that sibling, that person, that fiance, that whoever, they did this, they did this, they did this. Yes, they did. And God will give you justice. He will. That's who he says he is. But you have to release them and allow God to give the justice. If we could actually um, all stand on up and I just... I want to actually give us, can you just spread out? And everybody, I want you to have a space that you can kind of mumble to yourself and nobody can hear you, okay? You're in one of a couple buckets this morning. One, you need forgiveness. There's a weight of sin, a debt on your heart, a soul debt that's weighing heavy on you and you recognize, I am not right with God. There's some places that are wrong can we just put our hands out in front of us and let's just Jesus we just come to you today and we recognize that we need forgiveness like we're the ones with the 60 million dollar debt we're the ones that need to pay the price and we just cry out today for mercy God we pray for mercy God every place where we've missed the mark we pray mercy we don't deserve it we can't earn it. We can't pay it back. But we cry out for mercy. We say, Jesus, your blood is enough. It covers us. It washes us. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray right now. Every person in this room, that that soul debt, that weight upon the heart would be gone. That we would give it over to you. Just right now, in your own words, just, Jesus, I give you. And whatever it is, that thing that you did, that place that you went, that person that you betrayed, that space where you didn't do the right thing, give it back to him. Let's just give it back to him. We give it back to you, Jesus. You paid the price on the cross. We give it to you. Jesus, forgive us. Wash us. Have mercy on us. Help us. The second place that I, I'm sensing in my heart today is there's people in this room that you need to forgive. Forgiveness is a process. But for us to grow in what God has for us, we have to step and embrace the process. There's people that have wronged you and they're standing in the way of things that God has for you. They got to get out of the way between your relationship with God. They got to get out of there so you can just run in what God has for you. So I just want to take a moment and just get settled in the space. And with no one else being able to hear, can we just whisper those people's names that have wronged us? Just whisper, whisper their name. And then we just want to say this. I forgive blank because I want to please the Lord. God, we want to please you. Let's take them all. Let's just whisper. Whisper the names. God, I release them. I forgive them. God, I, I let them go. 
I don't want them standing between me and you any longer. I, I want to release them. I want to let that out of my heart. I want that weight. I want to hold their hand at the courtroom of heaven. I want to release that and allow you to take your way with them, God. I forgive. There's another piece to the space of forgiveness that is, is vital. I found it really, really important in my life. And it's not just to release them, but also to bless them. And that's super hard when someone wrongs us. But I find that when I bless someone, that's the space where I start to get free. So just with our, our hearts and our hands outstretching you, picturing that person, God, we just release them. And we pray, God, that you would have your way with them. God, we bless them. We say, God, you're a God that heals all things, work all things. And we just pray, God, that you would have your way in their life. That they would come to know you. That they would trust you. God, that you would have mercy on them. But we pray right now, God, we release them in Jesus' name. And guess what, folks? You might need to do this tomorrow morning, too. And the next day. And the next day. Until one day, you're not holding that person around in your heart any longer. But now suddenly you're like, I don't even remember that offense. The last thing I felt in my spirit this morning was, there's some of you here that you've been the offender. That you've been the wrongdoer. You've been the one that was the abuser. You've been the one that's the betrayer. I just want to say this. His mercy, his mercies are new every day. And we just stretch our hands up to heaven. God, we just cry out, we really need mercy. Like, we've missed the mark. We're not, we're not what we need to be. You're making us. But we, we want to step into vulnerability. We want to step into right relationship. So God, any place, God, where I've wronged anyone, any place, God, where I've abused anybody. Any place, God, where I've brought rejection or hurt or pain. I don't want to do it. So, God, would you wash us and cleanse us? And, God, I pray today would be a new day and a space, God, where we would step into the joy that you have for us. I pray light hearts, no more sin debt, no more weights on the heart. Freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Bless the City Church podcast. For more content, you can find us on Facebook or at blessthecitychurch.com.